as in many things in life, my lead-in to entrepreneurship was accidental. Uh, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, landed in uh, Columbia to go to school, uh, which yet again was not intentional. Uh, one of the deans of the Honors College at the University of South Carolina uh, came to me the summer before school started and said, why aren't you coming to the Honors College? And uh, lo and behold, six weeks later, I was on my way to Columbia. Uh, going through undergraduate, a good friend from uh, growing up and I, uh, during spring break uh, of our sophomore years, uh, sold websites door to door on Main Street on the Lark. And uh, I mean, there was no plan, uh, there was no intention. Uh, he lived up in Illinois, uh, so I took care of the clients that we sold, and he did the work out of uh, University of Illinois. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was very organic. It was born out of uh, friendship and boredom. And uh, a few clients in Columbia adopted us and uh, we decided to keep doing it. Welcome to the Who's on the Move SC podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today, we are going to be speaking with Ben Rex, the CEO and entrepreneur founder of Cyberwoven, a digital strategy design and development firm located in the heart of downtown Columbia, South Carolina. Founded in 2001, the company has successfully launched more than 1,000 websites and digital campaigns throughout its 22-year history for clients in a diverse range of industries. A video interview with Ben Rex can be found on our website, midlandsbiz.com. This series highlighting entrepreneurs making an impact in our communities is sponsored by First Community Bank. First Community Bank knows local businesses, professionals, and entrepreneurs form the backbone of our communities. And for more than 25 years, they have served those customers in the Midlands, Upstate, Rock Hill, and Aiken regions of South Carolina, as well as in Augusta, Georgia. First Community Bank, member FDIC and NP Strategy, a strategic communications firm comprised of former journalists, political insiders, and public relations executives. Learn more at npstrategy.com. We also appreciate the support of the City of Columbia's Office of Business Opportunities, an organization that is committed to supporting initiatives that benefit small, minority, veteran, and women-owned businesses located in or that want to do business with the City of Columbia. And the Riley Institute at Furman University. The Richard W. Riley Institute advances social and economic progress in South Carolina and beyond by building leadership for a diverse society. Learn more at furman.edu forward slash Riley. Tell me a little bit why, why you started like to sell websites door to door. Did you have a, was that part of your education? Was an interest in websites or was this just... I've never Excellent. written a line of code in my life, Alan, okay. and that is still true uh, 22 years later. Uh, I rely on the team to have marketable skills because mine are limited. Uh, the, uh, my business partner is a very talented computer engineer and uh, diversely skilled across all IT disciplines. Uh, so I, I relied on his know-how and uh, my job with a, a general uh, business education uh, was to, to come in and build relationships, project manage, and uh, build revenue streams. 
Tell me about the formation of the company. When did you guys, you know, what year are we talking? And yeah, and I'm always curious about what did you see like that you could do different and that you might, you know, initially think the value that you would be bringing to the market was, was going to be? Yeah, so I mean, initially uh, uh, we started the business in spring of 2001. Uh, so it's been almost 22 years. Uh, we weren't really concerned in those first months and years about the value we were bringing. It was, it was really a, a haphazard experiment, fun, learning, and hopefully we served some people and companies uh, along the way in a, in a thoughtful way. Um, and I think something from an entrepreneur's perspective is there is no better time to start a company and take that risk than when you have youth on your side. Uh, we did not have spouses and kids and houses and mortgages to be concerned about. So if we went bankrupt, what, what was there to lose? Uh, and if we did a great job and took care of people and served the, the community and our clients, what did we have to win? What did our clients, what did our coworkers have to win? A lot. So when you look at the risk reward scenario, uh, I don't think we regret anything because uh, at that point in the game, there was nothing to lose. Uh, and as humans have more to lose, they grow more and more conservative. We could be very aggressive. Cool. So what, what did you do? What, what was the core business? Yeah, the core business was basic informational websites. Uh, and I mean, it, timing was, was key. There were a couple of relatively large web startups that had closed a few months prior to our uh, entering the market. So we had access to, to seasoned freelance talent. There was a need and demand for websites in Colombia. Uh, and we were able to, to come in and build into a gap. So. Uh, nothing like some good luck and uh, hard work combined to, to build something. All right, so at some point you must hit your stride a little bit in these first few years. Was there a point where you you felt like you couldn't fail anymore or that like, was a mm -hmm. real pivotal moment early on in the company history? Yeah, Tom set up a good challenge uh, about a year before we graduated from college. Uh, if I can make more on the job market than I can starting up a company, uh, then I'm going to take the job. Uh, so gave me a good uh, revenue target, uh, gave him a good decision matrix. Uh, obviously, we decided to keep the company going and, uh, and we pushed forward from there. So uh, I think it's important uh, along the way to set very reasonable and rational milestones that lead to, to good decisions. And uh, over time, we just kept setting milestones that were both uh, reasonably ambitious, but reasonable to achieve. And uh, that's, uh, that's absolutely key to success. How did you finance the company? We didn't. Uh, uh, we, uh, in the first couple of years, uh, did not take salaries. I believe we put ourselves on a modest salary in 2004. Uh, so the key was uh, keeping overhead low. Uh, we drank cheap beer and ate ramen uh, when times were when times were slow, and uh, and clients and projects are what financed the business. So maintaining a low debt profile 
and uh, making sure that uh, you've got uh, more income than expense. I mean, sounds simple, but you often forget that if growth is your goal. Uh, if sustainability is your goal, uh, then, then you remember that much more easily. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've been able to scale the company? Um, you know, where, where are you now uh, in terms of scale? Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of just the keys to growing the business through the years. Yeah, I, I think when you look at our goals, uh, and in, in some regards, it's kind of funny. I think it was in 2004 or five. I said, we never want to be more than 10 people. Uh, now we're about five times that. Um, so when you look at scaling, it's always been about what is the next thing that we need, that our clients need, that our community needs, and are we the ones to do that? Are we positioned to do that? And where the answer is yes, we look around, uh, and our business is all about humans. It's collaboration, it's expertise, it's relationships. So it's really, can we build the relationships that are going to give us the tools to exercise this expertise to generate differentiated outcomes? And when we're confident that the answer is yes, we press forward and we grow. And where we're not, we take a pregnant pause and keep thinking. So has the business model changed at all and the, the core offerings, core products, is it still kind of basically websites? Or it sounds like you might have capitalized on some other opportunities as, as yeah. time went on. So there, there are two answers to that question. I mean, we remain a services business and we're, we're selling time, relationships, expertise, and, and outcomes. So what we sell is humans and uh, our ability to work together to do cool, important, differentiated stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is exactly the same thing we were selling back in March of 2001. How that cool stuff manifests in the marketplace is very different. Yes, websites remain a a vital core of our business. Uh, The role of websites in business uh, have changed dramatically. They are today a hub of a business's operations, brand, communications. Uh, We have clients that have uh, distinct profit and loss statements for their web properties. And we have P&L responsibility alongside our clients for the health of those web ecosystems. To appropriately serve a client's web ecosystem, we needed to become very nuanced in all elements of a client's brand, communications, marketing, and operations. And over time, we've built skill sets that have evolved Cyberwoven uh, into a diverse brand, web, and marketing company. And we've also geographically diversified. I mean, we serve clients from coast to coast. They range from Fortune 500 multinational corporates. Uh, We work for both the University of Southern California and the University of South Carolina in the higher ed space and everywhere between. Uh, And we pride ourselves that uh, while having the ability to serve some of the largest organizations on earth, we still very effectively serve local, small and mid-sized businesses that have important web needs and for whom having a strong web brand and marketing presence is key to their business. 
talk about you as an entrepreneur and the evolution, um, you know, from that from that early Ben Rex to maybe now. Like you're, you know, when I see your business card, it says CEO. You know, at what point do you kind of decide to be less involved in the you know day to day and move into different roles? And that's also kind of key to to growth and scaling companies. And so, tell me about you and and your role within the company now. Yeah, one one of the biggest challenges that I have as a leader in a business is that I've never had another full-time job as an adult. <laughs> I mean, my my external points of contact are through friendships, relationships, uh, projects, and uh, board service uh, in the community. So uh, I've learned a lot. I think that gives me a unique vantage point. But I'm not bringing reams of experience uh, that that tell me how to lead from a textbook perspective. So, I mean, this is really a journey of self-exploration. And uh, every uh, month, every year, I both succeed and fail uh, in understanding myself and being self-aware. A business needs to understand who it needs, what its objectives are, and that means our humans have to be deployed to highest and best use. There are seasons where I have to act as a human resources expert, which I am not. Fortunately, we have those uh, in-house that uh, uh, have replaced me in that role. Um, And there are seasons where I'm focused on business development. Increasingly, I'm focused on leadership and strategy. Uh, and we're uh, augmenting uh, with folks that come in with very defined formal skill sets uh, that provide leadership depth and breadth that I could never provide. I like the conversation we had kind of when we were just kind of um, talking at the beginning. Um, It was kind of setting up this advisory board um, talk to me a little bit about the, the thing. I, I have not heard that before, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the structure and the decision to kind of bring on outside advisors to, you know, talk about, you know, the future of Cyberwoman. Yeah, so in every organization, whether governmental, nonprofit, or business, there's strength and diversity of, of humans and thought. And uh, particularly when you're a small business, you are handicapped in that way. And you have to ask yourself, how do I overcome that handicap? And the only way to do that is through having a diverse set of internal and external relationships with people who are vested in you, vested in the business, and vested in those uh, outcomes that are going to drive the business and the communities that it serves forward. Uh, Back in, I think it was 2016, Uh, Jim Hodges uh, suggested the notion of an advisory board. We talked about it it a few times and I pretty quickly realized that Jim was smarter than me in this regard and uh, he helped us uh, get a board of advisors off the ground. Today uh, that board has six wonderfully diverse uh, members from wildly different backgrounds that bring us operational perspective, financial perspective, leadership perspective, uh, and and are absolutely vital advisors in how we care for our team, how we grow the business, how we go from local to regional to national in scale and scope, 
and how we do that while we maintain uh, the, the culture and heart of the business, uh, which is really built around Columbia, South Carolina, and the South, and being net importers of talent and dollars to our region. Tell me a little bit about, you're, you're hinting here at the importance of a, of a company, its culture, and what it kind of, how it is defined, and then how it connects with the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, I would find that fascinating, how companies just see their role in the local community, and uh, yeah, so just tell me, what, what does culture mean to you, and, and its importance here at Cyberwoven? Yeah, I mean, when you're a human-driven business, culture is everything. Uh, so the, the heart of Cyberwoven's culture is driven by community, the community of cyber weavers themselves, and how we work together, uh, how we play together, and uh, how we advance our friends and families. Uh, from there, it's how do we connect with community in diverse ways to represent those outcomes that we desire. So we do that through uh, our professional work. We do that through volunteerism under the flag of Cyberwoven. We do that in our private lives as volunteers, as parents, uh, going to the PTA meeting. Uh, and uh, when you look at Cyberwoven, Uh, In the early days of the advisory board, they got a little frustrated because I I had no good answer to what is your exit strategy. Uh, And now everyone is very comfortable with the fact that there isn't one. I mean, our goal is to logically and methodically grow to support our team, our clients, and the community for the long haul. Uh, we're not looking to create a giant multiple and to sell out next Tuesday. We are committed to a long-term view to strengthen the diverse communities that we serve. And our job is to align an increasingly large number of humans in that mission. And one of the other peculiar things, uh, having sat in the CEO's role for 22 years, is that I just had my 42nd birthday. Uh, So I've still got 30, 40, hopefully 50 years ahead (laughs) of being uh, an active, relevant human. Uh, So to say, uh, I've I've got a very open mind about equity structures and equity transfer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But in the next four, five, six years, is that front and center? Absolutely not. I mean, the the long view remains, how do we as a community of humans uh, create the impact that we want to create in community over time? Great. Tell me a little bit about you personally and and what's important to you. Um, I'm curious about this work-life balance and trying to, you know, work's not everything. And uh, so just just tell me a little about you personally, your, your outside interests and what makes you tick. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll look at this through the, the lens of work-life balance. Uh, that's, that's something that comes up in conversation very often. And I sometimes will jocularly say work-life balance is a myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I believe that. Uh, life is a series of priorities that an individual makes. 
and that sometimes those priorities are life-centric, sometimes those priorities are volunteer-centric, sometimes they are work-centric, and all lives ebb and flow. Uh, so uh, the, the long and short is work-life balance, in my view, needs to be looked at over a very long-term horizon. There are periods of your life where you need to be very personal growth and education and, uh, I mean, candidly, centric and also very self-centered. Uh, eight years ago, we welcomed our first child. Uh, that is a requirement to no longer be self-centered. Uh, when you choose or do not choose to have a spouse, same thing. So uh, there are so many continuums in our life of whether to be self-centered, family-centered, community-centered, whether to be work-centered, uh, avocation-centered, or uh, personally-centered. Uh, and these decisions are so deeply personal. But to, to your earliest question, Alan, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that when you look at the staff at Cyberwoven, uh, we've got a number of folks who have a very healthy uh, work-life balance. Uh, you can work 41 hours a week, uh, 38 hours a week, and be a very successful cyber weaver with a long-term growing career. If you're a type A nut job, you're, you're going to love working here. We've got lots of uh, opportunity for the type A nut job. Uh, the, the only thing that doesn't work in an environment like this is, is an underachiever that, that wants to uh, clock in at 10 and clock out at 4. And that's a, that's a tough vantage point in, in any environment. So I always ask um, during this series, uh, kind of in one word, you know, what's the key to success for entrepreneurship? So we go back to the, the beginning of this, is that you started your own company and, okay, yeah, kind of 20 plus years in. In one word, what's the key to success for an entrepreneur? Reasonable expectations. Two words. <laughs> um, and expectations uh, of oneself, of your closest partners, uh, whether that's family, friends, co-workers. Uh, and expectations around what tomorrow looks like. Uh, if your expectations are rational and your expectations of others are rational, uh, you will usually be successful. Uh, if you are looking through an irrational lens, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, the times in the last 22 years where I've gotten in trouble have been when I have lost sight of either my expectations or uh, others' expectations of me or my expectations of others. And maintaining a very clear lens around those is, is absolutely key. That was our conversation with Ben Rex, the CEO and entrepreneur founder of Cyberwoven, a digital strategy design and development firm located in the heart of downtown Columbia, South Carolina. We thank our sponsors of this series, First Community Bank, member FDIC, NP Strategy, a strategic communications firm, the City of Columbia's Office of Business Opportunities, and the Riley Institute at Furman University. <laughs>